Welcome everybody to the Brand Dome Zone. Here for all your marketing, branding, scaling, and selling advice. Today you all are in for a special treat. I have a guy that's just pushed through and he's made something out of nothing. He has a lot of jewels, a, a marketing expert, and he's going to lay out a lot of knowledge, a lot of jewels that you all are about to get here free on the Brand Dome Zone. I have Mr. Roman here with me. Thanks for coming on. How's it going? Good. I appreciate you having me on. Hey, man, the pleasure is mine. The honor is mine, man. And so, uh, Roman, I, I'm aware that you're a first generation immigrant. Is that correct? Yep. I came to the uh, U.S. when I was five in 1990 with six under, uh, other family members to a two bedroom apartment. So um, the Ukraine was still under the Soviet Union for two more years. So we kind of basically came with the clothes on our back and kind of had to restart over. So and uh, I saw kind of the hard work ethic of my grandparents, parents, and that was kind of uh, the building blocks of, you know, I guess what I've overcame, persevered, whatever you want to call it, and got to this point and still kind of grinding my way through. And I want to dig deep into that, man, because I'm sure you have a lot of experience and knowledge that you can drop on us to help us get through our uh, struggles and day to day uh, hindrances that we think are hindrances. It's probably really nothing after uh, the things that you've gone through, but I do want to dig deep into that. And also I want to make people aware of uh, your uh, digital marketer as well. It's going on about 11 years now, correct? Yeah. 11, 12 years. I mean, I got into it out of necessity. So uh, I was a criminal justice major. I interned with the secret service, had a top secret federal clearance in the fall of 2007, graduated in winter 2008, and then the economy crashed. So state, local, federal agencies froze hiring. You know, I was applying and applying, nothing, kind of got down, uh, depressed. And the only thing that really kept me sane was going to the gym, working out, kind of clearing my head. And then I got to talking to someone. And then one day they said, come out to my car uh, at the end of your workout, which could have went, you know, a whole different directions and uh, they opened their trunk and gave me a packet about search engine optimization and they said read this it was like 50 pages or so go online for a month or two learn kind of the basics and you can start doing it for our company and that was kind of where I got my start within digital marketing and search engine optimization and I saw the ecosystem was growing and changing so I proceeded to learn other things like social paid search local search, online reputation management, analytics, content strategy, and so on and so forth. So you're pretty much a uh, master of all crafts in the, in the marketing, marketing arena, correct? Yeah, I mean, I'm like a, I guess, Swiss army knife at this point. So I think everybody needs some kind of um, pillar or core within their field. So mm -hmm. start something, become an expert in it, and then know the ecosystem and, you know, build that way. And then from that job, I went to a company called LexisNexis, was there for a few years, started my agency in 2012, you know, during that and prior to that, held three director roles on the agency side. At this point, have worked with about 600 plus clients, Fortune clients. And uh, initially, I was in the legal vertical and I saw, you know, I had to kind of branch out and get more experience. So I worked with fitness brands, consumer brands, pharma and life sciences, financial services, and then took the learnings I learned from each of those industries and kind of morphed different strategies and tested them in other areas and other kind of industries 
which turned out to work real well because a lot of people weren't trying those kinds of things. So each industry, you would say, you have to attack it a different way. Um, But are are some industries such as, uh, say, the entertainment industry, uh, you have uh, gyms, restaurants, other things like that. And also you have professional industries such as lawyers, doctors and things like that. Um, Can you take a similar approach to each uh, industry such as professional versus uh, entertainment? You can to a certain extent. Obviously, you want to be authentic and show who you are, what your kind of you know key differentiators are, what makes you, what kind of helps you stand out from your competition. And I think most importantly, what kind of makes you human. So even some of the flaws. So what you are good at and maybe the things that you don't necessarily have the skill set for, but kind of learning from that. But certain industries, like, for example, farm and, and life sciences, creatively, you can only do so many things because they're regulated by you know different kind of mandates in terms of the government so any piece of content you kind of push through or any campaign it goes through a legal uh, medical and regulatory basically board and medical Um, so all those people review all your content all your campaigns if they don't like something they basically send it back for you to update or you have to kind of scratch it and go in a different direction. So some industries are heavily regulated. So creatively, it's a lot harder to do what you want to do. Some of the fun things, I guess, if, if you will say. But, um, you know, personal things and like you mentioned, different ref- restaurants, uh, entertainment industry, you know, consumer goods, things of that nature. You can really kind of, uh, you know, test strategies and, and be more creative. Okay, so uh, let's say uh, social, social marketing. How would you compare that to like SEO or PPC, um, something like that? With is social, can you be successful with social? Um, and if you can be successful with social, what are some of the uh, methods or tools or psychology you use to uh, get an audience going to convert? Yep. So search engine optimization, obviously, you're looking to show up for things within search engine results pages that basically show up for a specific page on your website and people go organically. Usually the intent with the uh, SEO channel is a lot higher. So when you're searching for something organically, you're closer to making a decision. Whereas social, you just may be browsing, going through content, happen to stumble on something, become a fan or a follower of a brand or individual, and it's kind of building trust, building momentum. But there are certain things in terms of um, e-commerce, different uh, clothing brands, entertainers, personal brands that do really well. And I always say to test. So with currently TikTok is kind of big. A lot of people try to stay away from it, which I did as well. And then I started playing around with it. So in my personal life, I am a foster parent. So my wife and I, since June of 2018, have fostered 20 kids. And then I decided there's a lot of dudes out there in terms of foster dads that don't really share their story. So I use TikTok. Almost all of my content is sharing my experiences, what I've dealt with, the system, the flaws in the system, uh, different things that I've learned, different things you should know if you're a new foster parent. And for example, with one of my posts, I mean, I hit six figures. So I wouldn't necessarily hit, you know, 100,000 plus views if I wasn't on TikTok. And then same example, I got contacted because during COVID, during this whole, you know, since March here in New Jersey, we've had four kids under the age of six, which has been interesting. 
So a magazine in New York saw one of my TikTok posts and contacted me say, hey, we're doing a story. I see that, you know, you're experiencing so-and-so during COVID. Can you jump on and, you know, we, we do a quick interview. So if I didn't put myself out there, if I didn't test, I wouldn't have gotten those exposure opportunities. Oh, man. It's two things I want to talk about. First, I got to get to this 20 kids, man. Woo! Oh, man. How, how's that going? I know I have one on the way. I found out I'm going to be a dad, probably. Congratulations. I don't know if I should have put that out on social media. <laughs> we haven't really told anybody. But <laughs> it gets so intimate in the conversation. I feel like I'm just on the phone with you. But, hey, we're live. If you're watching, you probably heard something uh, <laughs> that you weren't supposed to hear. My wife's going to kill me. But anyways, um, yeah, uh, 20 kids, man. How, how's that going? And uh, what, it, what inspired you to become a foster parent? Yeah, I mean, so it's definitely challenging. I'm not going to lie. It's not one of those things where people like sugarcoat. It's amazing. I mean, things you have to you know deal with on a daily basis, different struggles with the system. We got into it for the last three years. We've done kind of the infertility journey. So we had one IUI and four IVFs, which led and resulted in five miscarriages in the last three years. So we talked about it and uh, kind of decided that maybe this is a way we can help kids and possibly grow our family. So technically we're fostered to adopt and we got licensed and we got our first placement to siblings, June 1st of 2018. We had them for a year. We were told we were going to be able to adopt them, but in the foster care system, things can turn overnight. So they ended up being reunified with their biological mom. Obviously, you know, it hurt. It kind of, you know, grew our skin a little thicker, but we decided to kind of keep going. And like I said, since then, we've had 20 kids in total. And during kind of the whole COVID thing, we've had four boys under the age of six. I mean, it's definitely tough. There's a lot of flaws in the system. We have to constantly advocate for the kids to get them all the services and therapy they need because a lot of the time, caseworkers and other people don't necessarily do it on their behalf. They're kind of desensitized or the caseload is high. Um, some don't care. Some treat the kids like numbers. And I think it's our job and kind of our duty for the kids in our home. And obviously, like I said, through social media and other interviews I've done to kind of advocate and to bring light on a system that's really broken. That's awesome, man. Um, I, I, my hat's off to you for doing that, man. A lot of people nowadays, you know, it's all about me, myself and I, you can get real selfish, you know, here in America, a lot of us can, a lot of us like, uh, I'm being my space. This is my house. You got your house over there. Uh, it's not my kid. I'm not taking on any other kids. So I know, uh, God's blessing you for that, man. And, uh, that that's awesome. That is awesome. Um, and so how, how do how do you balance an agency with your home life balance? Um, currently and, and you have a podcast as well how do you balance all these things yeah I mean you have to kind of be full I'm not gonna lie I don't like I'm not 100% always motivated I think social media and other things tell you little gurus which I hate the word guru that you know they're always motivated they're always hungry I mean there's ups and downs in life and you're dealing with things you know uh, maybe physically emotionally you experience of loss which you know my grandfather passed away last year and other losses in the family and stuff like that. So you're constantly being hit with stuff and you have to make the choice of how are you going to use that constructively and repurpose kind of that pain into something positive, or you got to just like give up and quit the things that you've been pursuing 
you know, in terms of reaching your goals or doing something productive and kind of just giving up on everything. So I think, I mean, I'm not 100% focused or motivated all the time. Sometimes daily, I have to kind of recalibrate and get my mind right. But um, I mean, it's been it's been a little bit of a challenge, especially with COVID. But prior yeah. to COVID, uh, I've been pretty much fully remote for, I would say, four or five years at this point. So, you know, agency functions remotely, you know, if there's meetings, you know, on site, that kind of thing, you know, Zoom and other things now Mm -hmm. are really good in terms of communication and and have been. But during this whole COVID thing, my recording schedules, my meetings, things of that nature basically revolve around nap time and bedtime. So (laughs) pretty much dictate that. But I mean, it's like a balance. You have to kind of figure that out and really kind of understand yourself when you really start kind of feeling burnt out or about to, I guess, implode when things are kind of, you know, on your shoulders or about to crash down, take a little time, step back. But, you know, podcasts like we're doing it now, obviously we're doing it in the evening, mornings, evenings, weekends. I mean, I carry my laptop pretty much everywhere. So like if my wife's driving, I go on the hotspot and try to maximize any time I have because, I mean, I could be sitting there just surfing through Facebook, Instagram or whatever, or I can take that 15 minutes to do outreach or build relationships or network. And man, uh, it's hard to stay motivated right now with COVID-19. It's just like my energy is just depleted. Um, I'm used to going to the gym, so it's really changed some things up. And I know I have a treadmill and I I don't like really getting on the treadmill too much <clears> in my house. It's something about being in the gym versus my house that I have to really unlearn and relearn certain habits that I've picked up. So uh, I know you've mentioned to take a step back. Now, is it is it something you tell yourself to stay motivated? Is it something you do like health wise, like to get more energy or I know it's kind of sim- I'm asking this for myself now, man. <laughs> You should start doing a podcast on the treadmill. I don't think anybody does that concept yet. (laughs) No, but like, yeah, but like you said, like, I mean, I literally started probably working out two weeks ago. um, And during the whole COVID thing, I haven't done anything just kind of like moped around, but I need my energy level up. So um, I got some equipment that my mother-in-law doesn't use anymore. I got some like resistant bands and trying to put together whatever kind of workout I can because there's always you know room to complain about things but Mm. you have to work with what you're dealt so like I said before my career and everything I've accomplished in digital marketing came out of the 2008 recession I had to pivot out of necessity and there's a lot of people now that have to pivot out of necessity so they can either blame obviously COVID the government and there's always excuses or figure something out maybe you have a skill you never kind of honed or something online like digital marketing, online sales. There's a lot of free content in you know 2020. You can learn anything you kind of want to do. I'm actually taking like a free uh, course uh, at Yale. It's like the science of being happy. I think it's one of them their most you know popular classes. Mm-hmm. And then you can get a certificate after. But I'm just doing it just to get that free information and kind of learn something new. So I think a lot of things also come out of kind of. Um, you know, friction. So you have to take yourself out of your comfort zone sometimes to really move forward or really like level up. So nothing really comes when you're like stagnant or you're in a habit because the human mind and and humans are creatures of habit. So they want consistency. They want the same thing. They don't want to rock the boat. But I think 
a lot of things that are new, your, your psyche tells you it's scary or you shouldn't do it. But oftentimes when you do take that initial leap, nine times out of 10, personally in my life, it's been super rewarding and kind of got me to the next level. And I hope my audience is listening, man, listening, man, because what you just said is life changing because a lot of people get stuck in their bubble thinking that they have to go to college and get that certain degree to be able to uh, make a living out here. So I myself went to school for business management, but I started investing in courses for digital marketing, uh, buying more and more courses and then just applying it, taking on clients, learning, learning more things. And, you know, like you said, these fortune 500 companies see the value in that. And I mean, I'm like, I, they need you, you. You need to have a degree, I guess, because they you got to check the box. But that's not what got me that role. So it, it's like, man, take this time to get a skill because these companies value uh, what's out here, what you can learn, what's out here available to learn, whether it be uh, sales or customer service or whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do is out there for you to do. And uh that's just awesome. And I kind of want to backtrack on the TikTok thing because that's very interesting to me. Um, does TikTok have like sort of like the whole Facebook business manager vibe or is it totally different? Or is there tracking pixels involved? Uh, how's TikTok with, when it comes to marketing? Yeah, I mean, from the paid perspective, like the, their paid platform is still in their kind of infant stages. And Organic, it's still fairly like the wild, wild west. So like with Facebook, where it was organic reach was uncapped. When I got on it, I believe I got on it in November. The, the reach, I mean, my first post got like 20,000 views. So it was like, all right, this is cool. Um, and then, like I said, my 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 top post got like uh, uh, 101,000 views, like 5,000 likes. Yeah, organic. Oh, I can man. show you like the the watch time. It's It's 59 seconds. 59 second video and it's been watched like 400 hours. So it's oh, like, wow. so it's pretty cool. And it's like, it speaks to um, not knocking something before you actually try to apply it or see how it works for your business. And there's a lot of professionals on there, like making it work for them. A lot of creatives too. So photographers, artists really like showcasing their, their work. And it's really been working well for them. And people like comedians are flourishing like even professionals. So I see lawyers harnessing it where they say and give uh, legal advice. So people ask questions. Now they have a feature where like you can do a post answer somebody's questions. So like above you, you would have the question, the actual question bubble, and then you can do the post as the answer. Other people like doctors have been like thriving. So I think anybody that's even in a professional service can really utilize it as long as they think about it creatively and then put content out that helps the people that have those kind of pain points within their industries. Now is the hashtag system similar to Instagram where TikTok will realize, Oh, people like this post. Let me show this post more. Um, is it kind of something like that? That has to go viral. Yeah. Their, their viral is called the for you page. So if you get on the for you page that can, pretty much take off. I mean, you can get on the for you page and get a few thousand. Um, and then also the, the hashtags are categorized by like top. So all of my hashtags, since it's foster care content, it's like foster care, foster dad, foster parent, 
And a lot of kind of the, um, the visits or the views are coming now because that post is top within that hashtag categorization. So let's say like for foster dad, I mean, obviously there's a few that have a few million, but that post has a hundred thousand. So it's like the 20th or 30th post within the hashtag that maybe has, let's say 10, 20 million images under it. So you gain traffic that way. And like you said, if you get on the for you page, that's basically like propels you to go viral and you're exposed to the public more. Awesome. So if you're in the professional space, the entertainment space, check out TikTok. I know you people say my 15 year old, my 13 year old is on TikTok. Uh, I know I have a client and uh, his little, excuse me, his little girl was teaching him how to use the app. I was like, yeah, just let her post and do all the stickers and things like that. You'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. Not everybody's dancing on there. Not everybody's lip singing. I mean, you have all your people, you have people twerking and all that, you know, yeah. all that content, but I mean, you'll have that content everywhere. So it's yeah. just like finding your niche. And I think, because I made my account um, mainly about foster care, if you make your account super niche, it tends to perform a lot better. So like, let's say if you're a lawyer and all your content is like legal content or in that industry, and it's not like all over the place, mm. for one reason or another, uh, TikTok favors that per se, mm. or from what I've seen, like your content has to be on point in terms of strategy that like it has that you know, narrow kind of focus. So if you're, let's say a doctor and you put on, uh, you know, medical advice content, they don't necessarily mix it with a lot of personal stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I mean, people can take that approach in life. Just stick, I mean, in all their social media accounts, just take uh, make your brand focused on one uh, activity or, uh, creatives, copies, and things like that. Just stay focused on one thing because I know uh, I, I can st- start posting personal things and all kind of other stuff and get lost in the mix. But I've been taking the YouTube approach on mine, just figuring out little tips and tricks, you know, like how to find any email online or uh, what's it, how to download a Facebook video. I just, you know, find little tips and tricks I like to post out there. It's been pretty good for me. But uh, I'm trying to figure out something with this podcast, how I want to market this podcast online. But anyway, we'll talk on li- offline about that. But um, I, I don't want to hold you up too much longer, but it's one thing I just want to uh, talk about to uh, bring awareness to my audience about uh, – really overcoming obstacles. Um, I know you've gone through a lot uh, with your family and coming to America and also uh, the 2008-2009 situation. How do you stay motivated? How do you overcome for people out there listening today that may not know how to do these things? Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, the biggest thing is kind of run your own race. And like I said, uh, you know, I lost my grandfather last year. That was the main uh, male role model in my life. And there was that natural grieving process. Obviously, I had to take some time to heal and cope. And obviously that you're not going to replace that kind of missing part. You always have that kind of grief. But I think learning to live with things and basically going through kind of a natural, I guess, grieving and healing process for whatever you're going through. And obviously, people go through things on different you know, levels, you know, personal, 
professional, you know, abuse, neglect, loss, you know, illness, and everybody at the end of the day, if you think about it, regardless of how they look in terms of that kind of facade, let's say on social media, because I think it's, you know, a filtered view. It's a very limited, it's a highlight reel of your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and, and a lot of things the people that you idolize, not necessarily, obviously us, but people see these people are being successful. They don't own that stuff. They weren't necessarily there. You know, they ju- jumped in front of a jet and took a picture. That's not their plane. They're not flying on that jet. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's just, just figuring out and kind of being okay with who you are and kind of healing and dealing with it and not looking around you. I mean, I think it's important to surround your, yourself with like-minded people and also have people that maybe five, 10 years down the line where you want to be kind of like mentors. They don't necessarily have to like directly mentor, mentor you, but even being around those people, like, like eludes that positive energy. You know what I mean? Mm. So surrounding yourself with positive people and people that can get you through things as well. So obviously I had my friends and family when I experienced the loss of my grandfather, um, other losses in my family and my wife's family and illnesses and that kind of thing. And I think it's your inner circle and the people that truly kind of care about you kind of will show themselves and kind of come out of the woodwork if they need to. And the people that don't necessarily matter aren't going to be there. So understanding who that inner circle is and who's going to help you through it. Because there's a lot of negativity out there, especially if you do something new, you know, start a podcast or you want to do something and everybody around you is saying no, no, no. But I mean, you have to find people that actually encourage you and give you constructive criticism and honest feedback, because I think honest feedback is super important, even though it's, you know, it's bad, you know, it may be something negative as long as it's constructive and kind of positioned in the right matter where it's like a learning experience. Hey, I, I think you're doing this, you're going about this the wrong way, but maybe if you try this, or maybe if this was your approach, maybe you would have a better result and kind of being open-minded and a thick skin, especially like having a podcast. So uh, I've been on about 70 podcasts in the last year and a half on other podcasts to do interviews and different like publications and stuff. I mean, I've gotten plenty of yeses and I've gotten plenty of no's. So I think it's important to really accept no and be able to be okay with it. It doesn't matter that, you know, you're not enough or you're not good enough or your story isn't as important to tell or you don't have anything to offer. It's just, you know, you're not necessarily the best fit for everybody. And I think in business and in digital marketing, not everybody is the right fit in terms of a client for you also. So portraying yourself who you really are, being authentic, adding value will attract the right clients and the right people to network, collaborate with, and kind of, you know, be in your circle. So staying persistent, not letting things knock you down, not getting thrown off by what the world throws at you. And that's words from the man, Roman. And you all heard uh, a blessed word (laughs) that I preach. (laughs) You know, I, I go to church all the time. So we use the term saying, Now preach right there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the quote actually I I read off and on. I mean, I think quotes and things that whatever motivates you, that's what you use to inspire you and build you up. So a lot of the time I'll I'll read a quote or you'll watch somebody be super motivated, but then you won't act on it. You get all hyped. You have that energy, but then you don't follow through. 
So I think it's important. And I've seen a lot of things where like, I have to follow through and be hungry and get it. I think there's a, a quote I like, like everybody wants to be a lion, but nobody wants to do what lions do. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to go out and hunt. They want to just lay there all day and do, you know, and have it handed to them. Well, I mean, it's, it's tough. You got to get your hands dirty sometimes. And it's not easy, uh, you know, learning or getting opportunities and getting doors, you know, open, knocking on doors. If no one's opening the doors, you got to create your own thing. And, and do yourself because eventually if you learn something, you become an expert in it. They can't, people can't avoid you. If you're the Mm. best at something, you become the best at something, you know, people are going to come to you and and use your service. Or if you have a product out, you know, buy your product or collaborate, or, you know, if you're consulting, have you consult for them? Um, It's just taking the time and wanting to, because I think, you know, in the past when I've hired people, I've hired people where they're, they're hungry and have kind of grit over if they have a lot of book smarts or they learn something because I need people that are kind of battle tested and then can jump with me in the trenches and really have that kind of wherewithal to, you know, overcome, not like, you know, you, you can learn anything. You can get straight A's in school. Like you said, I mean, I have a bachelor's degree too. If I could have went back and got in my field without it, obviously I would be four years further, mm. but um, I mean, I'm not knocking college. I think, you know, the college system in the U S should be improved um, Mm. and, you know, to save money and to to add value to students. But I think anybody in that sense can, you know, achieve something without college, with college. It just, you need to be hungry and you need to have that initiative to learn something because I can teach anyone anything as long as they're hungry to learn. That's it. That's it. I mean, um, I don't know. Are are you a a Bible person? You, You know anything? About the Christianity spirit. Yeah, no, I'm, like, I'm a Christian, you know. Okay, awesome, awesome. Well, there's a story about Gideon, and yeah, I think he started out with like 3,000 men. He was going up against some people. I think they had about 6,000 men. But guy, you know, through a lot of different uh, tests he told Gideon to do to his men, like uh, one of them was like, uh, have them go drink water, and if any of them bends down and don't look up or something like that, get rid of them or whoever wants to go home, let them go. And he ended up with like 300 men. It was 300 versus 6,000. So God just wanted those, you know, few individuals and just had the faith with those individuals to go up against a 6,000 man army, just 300 men. So it's really about what's inside of a person, how much heart you have. It doesn't matter about your SAT, ACT scores, uh, uh, how much you know, because I've seen some of the smartest people I've ever known just fall off, you know, and it, it's sad because they had so much potential, but it's it's really about the heart, what's inside, what's going to get you through. And um, that's why I don't like how I'm feeling during this COVID thing, just feeling discouraged, not being in the gym, but that's just another thing I have to learn in my life. You know, everything's not going to be how I thought it was going to be. You have to pivot. And, you know, whoever pivots the best and stay persistent and consistent will win the race and do it to the end, man. So that's what it's about. Yeah, everybody has a uh, a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah. Think, my, Mike Tyson said it. I don't know if somebody else said it, but it's oftentimes like that. What are you going to do? Are you going to just sit there and just like reflect on okay i just got punched or you got to get up and do something about it it's one of those things you can always have a plan 100 i mean i don't know if anyone out there will ever tell me like life has went 
from one to where they are now um, the way they thought it would. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like things come out of nowhere. And I think it also is really important to take take advantage of opportunities, things you may not be ready for, opportunities in terms of a role or a client to work on because that opportunity may not come around again. So I'm not really saying like fake it till you make it, but take that opportunity and then learn as quick as possible yeah. and get to becoming an expert or get comfortable with it because that could be like that opening door for you to get to the next level or wherever you want to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, when I started out with marketing, uh, just to piggyback off that, man, uh, I had a few clients, but they I didn't really know about the industry such as e-commerce, but I knew the basics of marketing. And so um, they had the resources, they had the cash to invest in Aspen. And so since they had the resources, which I didn't have at the time, I sat down, I mean, I think I even purchased a course specifically about <laughs> what uh, they had going on. So basically, that's all it, they hired me for really anyway was to learn about it, get results. Eventually, I learned a lot about it, got results. Then I was able to take that on and build my own e-commerce store, get results for that. So and even this microphone, like hooking all this stuff up to my computer. I used to be in the music industry, so I know a lot about editing. uh microphones interfaces all that good stuff so everything has to do with something everything is a growth opportunity uh just utilizing it uh the best way you know how so i i just wanted to get on that as well man so yeah and i mean it's it's a building block everything's progression and i think you shouldn't be where you are today where you were yesterday so when i started my podcast i was literally recording it on my phone then i had a little you know a desk microphone then I just stood, you know, or sat at a table. I stood behind a wall. And then, you know, my wife didn't want me to destroy my house. So she built me this little set. So now <laughs> you know, it looks more professional for video. And, you know, I'll get a new microphone. I'll get a new mixer. And it's like constant improvement. I didn't have any really experience in like audio editing or whatever. But I learned it. And I actually really enjoy it now. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I enjoy it too, man. Um, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. And, I, I, you know, this is fun. I, I like uh, talking to like-minded individuals, man, being being around people that's better than me or around the same level. And, uh, man, you've gone through you've gone through a lot, man. I'm just blessed to be in your presence talking to you and uh, meeting you. Uh, so where, where can people find you online? Yeah. I mean, uh, if you Google my name, Roman Prokopchuk, obviously the last name is a little tough, but um, in Eastern Europe, there are a lot of Roman Prokopchuks, but I mean, I'm number one worldwide. It's not like John Smith, but yeah. so if you find me, you can find me on any social channel. Um, feel free to DM me, message me if you have any questions, need any help, you know, pointers or whatever. Um, with anything I discussed, me being an immigrant, foster care, marketing, anything of that nature. Uh, my company's digital, uh, the Novazora Digital, um, and you can find me on my website as well. And then, like you mentioned, my podcast is the Digital Savage Experience. Awesome! And all that information is going to be in the show notes, man. Roman, you you the man, bro. That's all I can say. Mic drop. <laughs> I appreciate having me on. It was fun. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day, man. And take it easy. You too. God bless. All right. Thank you.